Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome to the podcast. Mark Warner, I'm the host of the Vegas Hockey Podcast. Along with the Buffalo Kid, Tom Cudahy, it's time to start looking ahead to the 2015-16 NHL season. Uh, summer has gone. Fall is soon to be upon us. Uh, maybe if we lived in the Northeast, uh, in Vegas, it's still going to be in the upper 90s today. Uh, but we're in the first of what could be the last sub-100 day of the year. So I guess for us, that is autumn, isn't it, Tom? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I was just playing, just playing hockey on the pool just yesterday, actually. <laughs> right on. So that 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 brings in Tom Cuddy. We're also going to bring in who, who is going to be might, might as well make it official now. Our uh, our third host of the show. He's been a great friend of the show. We've done a few, quite a few shows with him already. Chris Litza is going to be uh, permanently on staff, if you will. Uh, <laughs> As as our third host, whenever he can break away from his schedule writing for the hockey writers and for Chris, help me out here. Yeah, real hockey. Yeah, which is funny because we we write for them too. How could I forget? Getrealhockey.com. Um, his his Twitter handle is uh, the NL King. He also does fantasy baseball, which is where that comes from. But his first love is hockey. He's from Long Island. He's Islanders guy. So uh, everybody, warm welcome for Chris Lietza joining the show as a as a permanent co-host. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure. These are a lot of fun to do. Uh, it hel- helps get the word out on on a lot of different stuff. Your latest article uh, are the are the Islanders a sleeping giant? I believe was the title of it. Has been picked up by the Bleacher Report. So your writing and your blogging is definitely definitely right there taking the next step. So uh, we're privileged and honored to have you aboard as part of the podcast. You've been a great contributor so far, and we know that you're going to continue on in that same same vein, same 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 respect. So again, welcome. Today we're going to be looking forward, uh, but without without looking backwards, it's hard to know where you're going as you look forward. So. There's been a few, uh, we had about a month vacation here. Uh, there's been a few developments off the ice here in the National Hockey League that Bear mentioned. Uh, first, let's get to the, why don't we talk about the, the free agents that are still out there. There's a couple that are, uh, that are uh, you know, could be, and I don't want to say difference makers, but they could be solid second, third line pickups or, second, third pair defenseman that could round out a roster uh, quite nicely. I know Tom mentioned Cody Franson before we got off the air. Tom, what do you think, what do you hear about Cody Franson uh, coming out of the Nashville Predators? Uh, 27 years old, right-handed shot, 
should be should be valuable wherever he lands as a second pair of guy, don't you think? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and it's been rumored uh, Buffalo Sabres, which I don't think we need a right-handed shot, but um, that's here nor there. Uh, Toronto Maple Leaf, and um, Chris was saying Columbus Blue Jackets, and there was one more team I forgot. My, my apologies. But yeah, no doubt he'll be he'll be definitely solid, right? Uh, on those teams. Uh, also, the, I believe the, the Bruins. Maybe I think it might be in the oh, middle. that's right. Yep, yep, Bruins. Yeah. Surprising to me that he would still be out there. Um, Scotty Upshaw, always a solid third, fourth line guy. He's still out there. A uh, couple, couple guys that were I thought instrumental in the Winnipeg Jets run to the playoffs. Lee Stemniak and Yuri Talusti who came over at the at the deadline from the Hurricanes. Um, surprising Stimniak's out there. He's coming off a cap hit of 900000 He's a solid guy. Yeah, no, for sure. I, lo- I love I, Lee Stimniak. Right? I love Definitely his, solid guy, yeah. Uh, Curtis Glencross is Sean Bergenheim also, another solid third-line guy. Uh, went went to the Minnesota Wild at the deadline from Florida. Um any, are there any free agents out there, Chris, that, that, that strike you as, as someone's kind of a surprise or someone who may, may be at the end, perhaps? Yeah, I think this is kind of like what we've talked about the last uh, few podcasts. We've mentioned about the salary cap. Uh, I think it's a combination of uh, there are a number of you can look at the different cap sites, uh, such as Cap Friendly as uh, a good site to check out online. Um if you uh, check out, you'll see that something like half the league, I believe, is uh, probably under $2 million worth of cap space, if that. Um, not to mention that you know there's certain other teams, such as Arizona, who might be well below the cap but might have you know payroll, uh, very strict payroll budgets. So when you put those two factors together, and then you know another team might have cap space, but if they don't need a pick defenseman, such as Florida, uh, who, who does have cap space? It adds up to you know these certain players are going to fall through the cracks, and that's where they are right now. Uh, you've mentioned some players who are not who can help teams, no doubt. So we'll have to see. Uh, they might even have to wait until training camp starts, and there might be an injury situation with uh, uh, with a, with a team, and then they'll get a call. One of the one of the ones out there I'm looking at right now that came out of your New York Islanders, Lubomir Visnowski, ex Los Angeles King, also uh, he's still out there, but 38 years old, had a concussion in the playoffs that knocked him out. Um, yeah, he's had. Uh, he's had. I think he's a problem that he's facing. He's had a number of concussions. I, it's I, not so much his age. He's right. still in great shape, uh, but he's had a number of hits to the head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think you, you know, if he does, there's been told he might go to Europe to play. If he does stay in the NHL, I think you almost have to look at him as, you know, a sixth slash seventh defenseman because, you know, he, uh, you know, when it comes to concussions, uh, once you start getting them. So, uh, I know the Islanders love him, both from uh, the organization as well as the players. And the Islanders are looking to add a veteran defenseman who kind of can give them a little bit of an insurance policy. Um, so he is one of the names that's still possible. But obviously you're talking about, you know, you're not talking about a big signing. Right, right. 
So those, those are, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, as I was scanning to see the list who's available here, um, trying to get my mind in the game here, Ovi Jokinen, who's been around the league for, that what, is. 35 years? Yeah. I wonder if there's another team that would take a flyer on him. He was a Los Angeles Kings draft pick, first round, high first round <laughs> pick back in the day, actually. Yeah, well, yeah, what was that? Well, back in the day, was, uh, what, what was that, 74, Mark? 74, 75, yes, sir. <laughs> and then another guy who's been around, too, is Eric Brewer. He's been around a long time. Again, that's, you know, your you know, third pair defenseman type of guy, but he's been uh, around for a long time, long time. Uh, that's about all I got here, but there's a lot of guys. What's that? Some of these guys might have played their last games. Yeah, that's important. There's a lot of guys that we've known and watched for five, six, ten years that they're going to go to the wayside and um, you'll forget about them, which is, uh, which is unbelievable to me, how time passes and you kind of forget if you weren't looking, you know? Yeah. Oh, I remember that guy, yeah. Like if There's a watch, lot of those. If you watch on the network and they're showing the like the 92 NHL All-Star game, yeah, uh, guys that maybe did, not necessarily ever made it into the hall, but had great hall, uh, all-star caliber careers. Oh, man. I wonder what ever happened to that guy. Where did he go? Um, yeah. And these 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 people we're talking about now are going to probably fall into that same category in about 10 years. Yeah, man. It was, um, no, for sure. Yeah, like Sergey Gonsar. He's been around yeah, forever. Great, absolutely. great offensive defenseman. He, who knows? That might be... Last year might have been his last season. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully somebody signs him, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's unreal. Yeah, there's a, there's a few out there. I can go on and on, but uh, sure. Sergey Gonta, I think, was probably one of the bigger names in my mind. But, well, I was surprised. You know, for Christian years Erhoff. of service. Yeah, I was surprised Christian, er- I was surprised Christian Erhoff was available for uh, $1.1 oh. $1 million to come over. Uh, great puck-moving uh, offensive defenseman, but still responsible yeah. in his own zone. Um for sure. For and and you know, we didn't get uh, we didn't get the defenseman that went and signed up in Edmonton. He who shall not be named. Um, but, yeah. You know, to pick up Christian Erhoff, a veteran presence there for the blue line for the Kings, I thought it was a steal this late in. Oh, it's great! Yeah, one million. Man, one million is fantastic. I mean, Sabers yeah. are paying him seventy-eight million, so <laughs> one million is not too bad. I mean, I, I will take that's, it. that's we'll really take nothing it. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could you could thank us. You're welcome, sir. And uh, you know, if if the Voinov situation resolves itself, he has he has been released from jail now, and is oh. his, doing his community service. So it's it's going to be up to the NHL um, to decide. Well, I'm gonna get into a slippery slope here for a second, but uh, yeah, well, easy, easy I, guy. I, I'm, I'm just gonna do a little tiny compare and contrast essay here, if. And the, the charges against Voinov, which he is guilty of, as he has done his time, were pushing his girlfriend across the room into a TV set where she hit her head on the corner of the TV and took eight stitches. Um, he's been suspended for almost 18 months now, I believe. Uh, December 2013, if I re- You know, he missed all of last season, so the 2014-15 uh, Whatever. He was suspended before he was charged by the NHL. And there's another player who has an off-ice incident this offseason who everybody knows is Patrick Kane. He's currently being investigated on sexual assault charges by the Buffalo Police Department. Um, like I said, we're not going to get too far down that, that slope there, but 
it's since the time has been served, the, I think the NHL is going to have to decide what puts a bigger black eye on the league, uh, a, a domestic violence issue or a sexual assault issue, because Patrick Kane has yet to be charged with anything. So, I mean, we'll put the innocent until proven guilty clause out there. That's, uh, But he has yet to be suspended by the league. And Slava Voinov was a domestic violence issue that he is guilty of in the court of law. And he was suspended before he was even charged with a crime. So, I don't know, Chris. You've been you've been kind of following that pretty closely. Um, where do you see the league going with that? Well, we don't really have all the facts, so I mean, sure. we've read a lot of different stories, and um, uh, you know, from a lot of the major outlets. Um, I'm sure the NHL would ideally, in a perfect world like the, uh, the DA's office from Buffalo to step forward and saying, okay, our investigation is over, and this is how we're going to move forward. And it will make it uh, easier for them, uh, the NHL that is, at that point, you know, how they're going to proceed. I don't believe it's going to play out that way. Uh, the training camp's a couple weeks away. Um, I, you know, I will have to say that I, I can't imagine uh, both the league and the Blackhawks uh, are going to want in a train camp uh, with this still being investigated. So it might be a going-off situation where he's suspended with pay until until this uh, until we hear from the DA's office because uh, these are very serious serious charges. I agree with you. Someone is innocent until proven guilty. Um, the NHL does for the last CBA have that clause uh, uh, in there about. The in these kind of situations, how they can move forward like they did with going off for the player that gets paid. So, um, we're, you know, we're still, we're still waiting. And, uh, I was just saying to talking to Tom off air, uh, there was that horrible situation uh, a couple of days ago. And it was totally something separate. And our thoughts and prayers obviously go to him and his family and the community in uh, Illinois, uh, north of Chicago, that police officer dying with the three suspects. Um, and, and I was listening to a major TV news station who announced late in the afternoon that they had caught one of them and then about an hour later retracted it, as did most of the media. Most of the media was informed that one of the three suspects had been caught, and it turned out that was not true. So I think, I think uh, uh, you have to be very, very careful with all this stuff. Absolutely. Uh, until we hear from what the uh, Buffalo DA slash the Buffalo Police Department come forward with that press conference and say, okay, here, here's our findings, here's what we're going to do, and here is what we believe, you know, happened based on those findings. You know, I think everyone's got to, you know, wait and see. Uh, but from a week, uh, I would imagine, and this is just me being, you know, uh, giving my two cents uh, in terms of an educational guess, Based on how they handled Boyne off in that charge, he, you know, he will start throwing uh, limbo. He'll be pay, uh, suspended with pay until the investigation. But that's just an educated guess. I would think that's the right way to proceed with respect to uh, not only Patrick Kane, the league, and the Chicago Blackhawks, but with respect to the victim as well. Um, I don't think allowing... It's tough. I mean, 
we're not a political podcast. We're a hockey podcast, but I'm on both sides of the fence there. I don't, I don't mind saying that um, everybody deserves due process. Um, respect to the victim, of course. Um, I don't like to see somebody punished in our, you know, democratic capitalistic society before a finding of guilt in a court of law. It's hard to say if the same thing happened to you, me, or Tom, or anybody else, um, that it would be okay for our companies to fire us while we went through the litigation process or suspend us without pay while we went through the. We should have the right to earn a living while still uh, under the presumption of innocence is based in the court of law. So, I mean... It's tough. You look, you look at it from a sports standpoint. You look at it from a victim standpoint. And obviously Patrick Kane still his, has his rights under the law. So I think, I think that's about all we're going to touch on that because I don't want to get any farther into it. Um, another, another, another off-ice incident that deserves to have a little bit of time because it could set a precedent either way this case goes um, as the NHL goes forward with contracts and and uh, contract dissolution, uh, if you will, is the Mike Richards case. And everybody knows by now that his contract was voided by the Los Angeles Kings under a clause that allows them to do so. He has been charged with, and I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, uh, I'm not a legal rights guy. But he's been charged with at least a possession of, of an unprescribed substance, Oxycontin. As as he went across the border in Canada, it, he has also engaged the players' association to file a grievance on his on his contract voiding. So that's still out there, and that is going to be a precedent-setting case, I think. As as maybe other GMs look to void contracts based on actions that their players do off the ice. Now, the interesting the the one thing that the uh, Mike Richards case has is that there is a drug policy in place. If if you're, you know, the the drug policy in the NHL views you as someone who needs help, not someone that needs discipline. So they have their first level, second level, third level steps that you can go through, and none of them involve voiding your contract. So the the Kings are going to be up against it here in this grievance hearing to prove. Uh, that this what he's done and again I don't know the facts uh, I'm just going by what's reported in the in, in the major media um, they're going to have a tough time proving that what he's done goes above and beyond what the normal drug policy would allow in the NHL um, what do you what do you guys think about the Mike Richards case hello go ahead, Chris. I, I got no I got no comment on that go ahead Chris uh, yeah, again, we're going to have to see how it plays out. Um, I'm not, you know, privy on how these contracts are written in terms of, uh, you know, obviously the Kings feel like they could, they could void his contract. They must have felt pretty confident about that. Um, you know, the only thing is if he winds up proving that they couldn't, uh, that his contract goes back on the books. So I'm sure the NHLPA will, uh, they're going to, you know, put in the process terms of filing a grievance, and then he has the uh, criminal issue as well. So, again, this is just another situation where we're just going to have to 
wait and see how it plays out. Yep. So, I, I, I think those... How, are, go ahead. How, how uncomfortable is it going to be if, if Richards wins, King's going to take him back? How uncomfortable? That's going to be so uncomfortable. I think at that point, and then the him out, Tommy. I don't think he ever... It, it, he's never going to win. It's still going to be this weird. No, it it's going to be weird. As, <laughs> yeah, regardless, it's going to be... Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, could you imagine him walking back? I, you know what? One thing... It, one and, thing I and who knows say, who the players feel? Yeah, I, I think that if he walked in that locker room, the, the players on that team would would embrace him with open arms. He's that he, he's that much of a part of that locker room and that leadership group. That and he's got friends there, regardless yeah, of no he comes back it. and wears it or not. I mean, no how is like let's say ten players on that team like man, you know, you know they might feel like oh man he got robbed, you know, no question about it. And and you know, and then it starts. Right. You know. Then how do you how do you put it back? You know, you can't you can't close Pandora's box, if you will. Um, yeah. No, he can't walk back in that locker room. I don't think. I think the players would love it if he came back. Um, a healthy, a healthy, energized, clean Mike Richards, I think, still has a chance to be a great player in the NHL. Um, we've we've seen his uh, production decline here in the last two two and a half years from from what it was to where it is and hence hence sending him down to the AHL and everything that he's gone through. But now you speculate how long has he had this problem with the oxy or, uh, you know, allegedly Oxycontin uh, use that maybe if he gets cleaned up, he's going to come back and be, you know, he's still under 30 years old. He's not old by any stretch of the imagination as uh, NHL hockey player goes. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he figures out his legal case. Kings buy him out, and maybe not this year. Uh, I would look to see him in camp on another team in the 2016-17 season. I would be surprised at all. Yeah. Can I cut in for one second? I need to cut out for two minutes, and I'll call you right back. Is that okay? Yeah. Sure, sure, no problem. Okay. I'll call you right back. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, who knows, Mark? That uh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just more interested in the um, you know, you had to have a couple friends on that team, I would think. Well, you know, Jeff Carter's his bromance. <laughs> Jeff, yeah, and, uh, Carter's yeah, I mean, boy. you know, and then he could be just so bitter about it, and you know, before you know, he's taking shift off. You don't know; this can go either way. You know, you know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, simple answer is. Is uh, geez, don't take. I'm not. No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's tough. It's tough all around. Hopefully, you know what? Maybe maybe it's better if uh, you know that that. And I'm I'm an unabashed Mike Richards fan. I don't believe the Kings win the 2012 Stanley Cup without him. I don't. Right. I don't believe they win the 2014 Stanley Cup without him. Now you might look at his goal scored assist, whatever. Um, his presence on the team uh, changed the culture of the franchise. Period, and I, uh, so I'm, I'm a Mike Richards fan. I I hope first and foremost that he's healthy. I hope if it is a problem for him, whatever he had on him, uh, that he gets the help he needs. And if he wins his grievance and he goes into a, a a drug program with the NHL and it helps him out. I'd be all for that, and I would love to see him back in the league because when when Mike Richards at his best, he's a great hockey player. He he, I think yeah. he, I think he played the game, 
you know, the way it, the way I like it to be played, tough, gritty, unapologetic, but um, you've never been called a dirty player. Um, right. Just somebody who left it out there on the ice every every night he came to play. Um, and if if some of the diminishment of his returns is based on whatever his his problem was there, then if he can uh, – there's Chris coming back in. Hold on just a second. There we go. Hey, Chris, what's up? Oh, sorry, sorry about that, guy. Quite all right, sir. Uh, we were just. That was, we, Dan, that was Danny Beer on line two. <laughs> on the Vegas Hockey Podcast <laughs> hotline. Hey, Chris is, uh, Chris, Chris is uh, agent for Danny Beer. Get him, him a job. Uh, another uh, another if, guy who retired, could, actually, here in the offseason. Uh, segue into another offseason move that we won't see Danny Breer play again. Man. Unbelievable. And Bryce Salvador retired, I believe, yesterday. Wow. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, another about 10 years he played. Yeah, man. Uh, I think I saw 14. Jeez. 14 years. years. But he played. He might have, yeah. Yeah, I If I could add one, one thing in terms of both the ice, a uh, uh, sweet story. Uh, it was obviously got a lot of publicity uh, over here in the Island. It was Islander legendary coach of those great. Stanley Cup, four-time uh, Stanley Cup winning team's 19 straight series. I don't know if you'll see that record ever broken. Al uh, ever passed away at the age of 82. And I could pass along two quick things in terms of a radio interview and a newspaper article I read. Uh, uh, over here in the New York News Day, they had a nice article uh, with some uh, a little Q&A with Wayne Gretzky. And he was talking about how much he respected Al Oliver. Uh, he says uh, he's one of the most respected people in hockey during all his years in hockey. And he was, when referring to the two years they played the Islanders in the finals, the first time they met them, uh, as talented as they were, uh, every, everyone in the Edmonton room kept saying, look, we can have all the skill in the world because that team is so well coached, so well disciplined. We're not just going to be able to beat them with, with, with skill. It's not going to work. Um, they had a lot of really nice things to say. Uh, another one, which was a tremendous interview I heard on TSN radio uh, in Toronto with, with Ray Ferraro, who was part of the uh, Islanders in the early 90s. He was part of that 92-93 uh, run where the Islanders got to the Eastern Conference Finals and knocked off. And it seems like the unbeatable two-time defending Cup, Stanley Cup champion, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And when you go back and look at that roster, who they had, oh, it was unreal. I think they had something like five... 100-point uh, uh, scores. Uh, Yager on that team was a young Yaramir Yager who was like six on the team with 95 points or something like that. And Ray Thrall was talking about how here were the Islanders after being the Capitals, who were a good team, but nowhere near the Penguins. And they just lost their best player, Pierre Turgeon, due to one of the all-time cheap shots uh, at the end of the last game. Yeah. Ray Thrall was conveying uh, of you know, he goes, there was uh, 20 players in that room, and there, was, and there was Al. And Al was the only person in that room who believed we could win. He goes, when they showed up on the chalkboard, okay, here's, here's our guys. Here's, you know, who's going to be matching up against who? And we saw the roster, so we, we almost felt like it was, a, you know, a joke. But Al believed in us, and Al uh, conveyed that belief to us. And, you know, the Al just, you know, pulled off the impossible in that series. So, um, 
He was very much loved by his players. Uh, he was, you know, he was a tough coach, but he was, uh, he, he really, uh, he loved his players, and he was a tremendous coach and one of the legendary figures for, you know, Long Island Hockey, to say the least. So uh, we wish the best to his family. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And the Islanders oh, will be, we'll be wearing an uh, honorary patch this year for the full season, honoring, honoring uh, uh, Coach Oliver as well. Absolutely. That's a must. Okay, well, let's. Uh, this is going to be the Atlantic Division preview show. So uh, that's well said all around, Chris. Um, let's let's jump in to uh, our. We've looked back uh, where where the NHL has been here in the off season. So let's let's begin our look ahead. Uh, why don't we look ahead to the worst division of hockey, in my opinion? Ooh. Strong words, strong words. Uh, uh, you could make a strong argument for that. Could be, could yeah. Be, <laughs> strong words, I don't but think could, I'm too be, far could off. be correct. Let's start right. Let's start right at the top. We'll go down uh, uh, in order of the division finishers from last year, starting with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, finished fifty twenty two and ten. Obviously, losing in the second round to Tampa Bay, eventual Stanley Cup representative from the East, four to two. To me, um, they haven't really lost anybody. They uh, Brandon Prost and P.A. Parenteau have left the team. Um, they're built on on goaltending. Let's let let's face it. Carey Price, uh, best goalie in the world, uh, all of last season. Um, their their problem is uh, Tom Tom called it in the playoffs last year in one of our shows, and. I'm not sure if they've addressed it in the off season. Uh, their problem, their problem scoring goals. Um, well, I, Tom, did you, they they brought in they brought in Alexander Seaman and uh, another Zach Cassian, who you, you're familiar with. And, yeah, um, not, love love Zach. Not a goal scorer. Um, not a goal scorer. <laughs> freeing up freeing up space. Uh, he will he will give you space, but. I don't know if bringing in uh, Alexander Simmon, he six goals last year in 57 games with Carolina. Now, you could say Carolina's not a good team. Maybe if he had better line mates, he could come back to his production earlier in his career. Um, I don't know. Tom, what do you think? It's, uh, I mean, why not? I mean, you got to do it at this point. I mean, try to – to recapture that ma- magic from uh, when he was at the with the, with the Capitals, but um, the whole thing I heard too, you know, Galchenyuk is he going to move to center? Everyone's talking about that. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's worth a shot. I mean, I'm I'm one of these underdog guys, and I would love to see a guy who scores. What do you say? How many goals last year, Mark? Six. Six. I would love to see a guy pump in twenty-five, and uh, you know, I'd love to see it. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I love to see that. So yeah, I'm all for it, man. What other options do you got? You know, they don't lose much on the salary cap. He signed a one year, one point one million dollar deal, kind of a, yeah, kind of a come in and show me if you still have a deal. So he's not, you know, he's not, he's not a cap drag or anything like that. Um, sure. Where do you where do you put him in? What uh, who's he skating with in Montreal, Chris? Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to figure uh, if it's gonna this experiment's gonna work. You got to figure 
he's going to get top six minutes. Um, like you guys said, I mean, you know, they're they're a top team. Um, but if we were all to say that they're going to represent the East in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, they're going to have to improve on scoring goals. I mean, they were number one in the league last year in terms of goals allowed, which is fantastic. But they were 20th in the league uh, in terms of goals scored, and they're power play ranked 23rd. So, to me, it really comes down to looking at the Canadian. We know they're going to be a top team. Uh, we know that they're either going to, you know, finish one or two in the division. Uh, it comes down to uh, can Galchenyuk uh, take the next step, which they desperately need. Not that he had a bad year last year, uh, but they need him to take the next step and become a better offensive, to becoming more of an offensive threat, because, quite frankly, the team needs it. And they need more secondary scoring. And that's where, you know, uh, from their third and fourth lines. Um, you know, again, you, you, no one's asking, you know, someone like Lars Eller to, you know, become a sniper, but they need more from those kind of players. So I, I really, you know, you look at the roster, I mean, basically, you know, Brayden Cross is gone and Semin and Casson are in. I mean, it's it's basically the same team. Yeah, and, um, yeah, uh, this, this one you said, you know, get, uh, you got to get seven. You know, um, top two lines here. I'm looking at, I'm looking at, can I say it or no? I'm looking at a website, I'll put it that way. And they have, they have seven on the fourth line with, uh, <laughs> with Smith, Powell, and Flynn. That was my, that was where I was wondering where he was going to slot in. Um, yeesh. Well, the hockey news, the hockey news I have there, uh, yearbook, which I guess you can promote, uh, just came out, uh, Love that book. That book's awesome. Yeah, here in the Northeast, it has John Tavares and Ryan McDonough on the cover, at least for the New York market. And they have Femin at right wing on the second line. And again, it's big, you know, to me, if they're going to sign Femin, you've got to put him with skilled players. Otherwise, it just makes no sense. So, um, it's a small small cap hit, and obviously there's been some issues with him in terms of uh, getting the most out of him, let's say. Uh, when he's been a very motivated player, he's been the top player. Uh, but when he's not, he, you know, there's a reason that you know the, the Hurricanes got got rid of him. So uh, this could be kind of his last chance, if you will. So Montreal is hoping he can, you know, again help with that secondary scoring. And at the end of the at the end of the day, by the somewhere between the beginning of the season and the trade deadline, and probably closer to the trade deadline. They might have to see if they can trade for uh, trade for some scoring. Trade for trade for scoring four, which will be easier said than done. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, scoring. I heard um, a red. Sorry, uh, Patriot. He's going to be out um, mid to late October. So the score is going to take a hit right off the bat with him out because he's basically the only one that can score. So I don't know. Yeah, we're going to fill that slot. Well, bet, bet the under until November. Yeah, really, get uh, under three. <laughs> <laughs> three, three and a half, you still go under on the Montreal Canadiens game. Um, For sure. <laughs> the, uh, obviously, obviously, Carey Price is going to be Carey Price here. Um, I just don't know if regular season is probably fine. Um, they won the division last year, so... The roster remaining intact is 
I don't know. I think Tampa Bay moving. You know, let's segue. I think Tampa Bay. A lot of a lot of the young young players on their top six last year seem to find their groove, grow into their own, whatever you want to call it. During the playoffs, you could almost watch the confidence level um, with Kucherov and Palat and Johnson. Um, you almost watched him grow up right in front of our eyes there. Um, you you know, casual fan would think Tampa Bay Lightning that Steven Stamkos was leading the charge there. Not the case at all, in my opinion. Um, they're top six and and top nine, really. Um, well-balanced, well-rounded, young. I, 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 you know, I don't want to get... I don't want to give it away, but I think Tampa Bay is going to be barking up Montreal's backside early in the season and all year long. What do you, what do you guys think? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree. I think Tampa Bay is the uh, class of the, of the division. I mean, they finished first last year in goals scored. They were just outside the top third in goals allowed. Uh, they... Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're a team that's just, you know, extremely dangerous all three areas. I mean, in terms of um, their scoring forwards, to their depth forwards, to their uh, defense. I mean, Victor Hedman is coming into his own. Uh, Antoine Stroman, uh, you know, showed everyone that he was worth the free agent contract that he got the year before. And the New York Rangers, I'm sure, desperately missed him. Um, and they have Ben Bishop uh, leading away, and they have a great young goalie right behind him. So... I think this is, uh, you know, the, the, the only negative I can think of, and that's as of now, uh, is, you know, obviously Steven Stamkos is on the last year of his deal, then it becomes an unrestricted free agent. Obviously, I, I, don't, I don't think for a second he's going anywhere. Uh, they have a chance to win the Stanley Cup this year. And, um, but having said that, uh, how much will that, be, will that be a distraction at all during the course of the season if they don't get a contract uh Done a long-term deal done. Let's say before opening night, um, it's been kind of quiet from what I've read on that front. But a lot of times with these contracts, um, you know, they can come out of nowhere. Negotiations are going on, and all the parties are keeping it quiet. So, but yeah, I, I think there's no doubt there. They're they're the uh, cream of the crop in terms of the Atlantic Division, where which I'm probably getting all my prediction of who's yeah, going to win the Atlantic. I'm division. kind of right there with you, Tom. What do you think? Oh, for sure, yeah, no, I think uh, Tampa definitely gonna take it. <laughs> one thing is, um, yeah, like you guys said, the same lineup, the one thing is, uh, are they gonna insert Jonathan Drew in? Is he gonna play sure. 80 games the full season, what have you, because he was in and out of lineup, can't be trusted, et cetera, et cetera, you know the storyline. Sure. Is he gonna be a full-time player? I guess is the question mark. And then they have Vladislav Nemet. Now I don't know if I'm saying this right. Nemesnikov. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Another young player that's looking to come in and, and earn a full time job this year could just make them that much more stronger. That that much more of an offensive threat. And to go into a little bit of hockey philosophy, Montreal is actually at first glance more built for a playoff style. With lower scoring, goaltending, defensive play, um, if we're looking at the regular season, you would you would think Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, like like Chris said, number one 
number one in goal scored all year, high flying, get the puck up, almost playing instead of, you know, if, to use a basketball term, playing a 1-4 uh, with a Tarkany and Amoeba defense in the offensive zone, uh, the way the way Mr. Cooper has him uh, just fluidly rolling around that offensive zone is, I, I love I love the coaching. I love the way they do that. And to did you hear about Charlie Cooper, graduate from Oxford University, uh, out here in Long Island, New York? Yeah, yeah, that, that was him. So. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I love his one four. I don't know if he calls it a one four, but it, if you watch. And when they're on their offense, and when they're on their intact mode, it it almost is. You have uh, their one their one defenseman playing the high point, and then the other defenseman's pinching and 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 cycling and rolling. It's it's really reminiscent of the Jerry Tarkanian uh, defense if you look at the one four aspect of it. And that's uh, the w- the way their defensemen activate and get involved. I just love that. I love that attacking style. Me and Tom at the end. Of- let's, let's, let's- Last point for me on Tampa is, uh, you know, this is a you know young team and a team within two wins of winning the cup. I mean, you have to think and that this will be a confident, not cocky bunch. I mean, that experience that they had in the playoffs last year will serve them well uh, going forward this year. For sure, hundred percent. I think they come out and and I I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, the East better look out early in the season. Put it that way. Oh, yeah, they're going to roll. They're going to roll through, I think. Yeah, no doubt. I don't see that's a major injury, obviously. But, yeah, they're, they're going to they're gonna slay it. Now, the first, I would of, think. the first of the the wild card teams coming out of this division, uh, Detroit Red Wings, 43-25-14 last year. Uh <laughs> Yeah, very easily could have eliminated Tampa Bay in the first round. I, I, if I remember right, me and Tom were were uh, talking about the game six, game seven aspect, and thought that uh, man, Tampa had not taken advantage of the opportunity that they had to move on, and and that Detroit was going to roll game seven up and move on. And uh, kudos to Tampa Bay that they did not. Roll over the way they thought they would. Um, am I remembering that right, Tom? Or I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, Detroit gave them everything they wanted in that series, right? Well, for sure. Yeah, they were. I think Tampa had to win Game Six, Game Seven to get out of get out of Dodge. There. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, Detroit had them on the ropes for sure. Huge, huge turn. I, I believe in Detroit. If, if memory serves correct, didn't Detroit win the first two games in Tampa to go out, go home up two zero? Correct. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable series. That was that was one of the series. I remember watching in the West, Calgary, Vancouver, and in the first round, the Detroit Tampa series was my favorite series. That thing went back and forth, up and down. You got goalies moving in. You got goalies moving out. Um, everybody was talking about how Steven Stamkos needs to score. He hadn't scored a goal in his last 17 playoff games or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> Uh, Maratsik taking over in nets for Howard. You got $6 million goaltender on the bench. Uh, is Babcock going to, let's go, is Babcock going to stay? Is this his last? I mean, there was all kinds of storylines. My my second favorite series in the first round last year was Detroit-Tampa Bay. Um, so, so Detroit's going through a, a, 
a big time change in their franchise right now with obviously Babcock going to Toronto. Um, haven't had a new coach in what 10, 15, 12 years, I think. Maybe, but when you hear this guy, when you hear the new coach, he sounds exactly the same as Babcock. It is unbelievable. You, you think it's the same guy talking. Yeah, I, I remember the same thing, Tom. I've heard he's like, he comes from the same club as Babcock. He's like, a young version of Mike Babcock. And it's his tone. I mean, his voice is exactly the same. His cadence, his, his accent, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, not, it's really unbelievable. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it. Jeff Blaschel? Is it Blaschel? Yeah, correct. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, he'll be taking over behind the bench. Um, do, they have been able to bring up, you know, the last few years, some, some younger players. Um, Tomas Tartar, Gustav Nyquist. Uh, Abdul Kader has been able to come up out of the out of the ranks for them, but their best players are thirty five plus. Uh, Zetterberg and Datsuk, Datsuk thirty seven, Zetterberg thirty five, Cronwall thirty five. Um, in the middle of the season, it's a this could be the turning point year for for Detroit. Um, questions in goal as they go into the season. Did Morazic win the job? Does Howard start? Yeah. Does, does Howard start as number one? Um, if it, if you know, Zetterberg and Datsuk both have have been battling injuries the last couple three years, as happens to great players as, as they get Datsuk's old. going to be out till no, I think November. I read Datsuk will be out till November. Still recovering. So, if they get off to a slow start with the the new coach, aging veterans, it's going to be up to some of those young players. I think. Um, and they're on a, they're on the streak. How how many years has it been since they've missed the playoffs, Tom? I know you know that. Oh, was it nineteen? Yeah. It's so this could I, this could be the year. I think I'm. I don't know if this streak. Yeah, no, no twenty five. Sorry, twenty five. Uh, wings aim for twenty fifth straight playoffs. Sorry, my bad, guys. That's amazing. Yeah, you know it's funny that you say that. Uh, and I agree with you, but I would say for the last few years, you know, at this time of year, and analyzing the Red Wings, everyone has said, is this going to be the year where the streak ends? Uh, but I agree with you. There are a number of issues, age on their top players, uh, in terms of what they're going to get out of the goaltending. Um, they did not make a lot of moves themselves. Stephen Weiss is gone. Brad Richards is, is in. And Mike Green is in. Although Detroit already had the second best power play last year. Uh, obviously, McQueen will help, but uh, and one other point is Johan Friends and is still. I just read this morning, still having concussion issues. Mm. Mm. I don't know how much he's going to be able to be counted on. So uh, I think what they have going for them is if they were in the Metropolitan or the uh, the Central Division, I I would think they they would all do respect to the Red Wings. I, I would not like their chances of making the playoffs. But because they are in the Atlantic, uh, you know, obviously I will not tell this organization short. Uh, I expect a very competitive team, but there are a lot of questions on this team. The, the two, yeah, the two signings that you mentioned are in my plus column, and I think they were two of the, the most underrated signings as we jumped into free agency there July 1st. Um, bringing in Mike Green and Brad Richards, I think, are, are could – 
I mean, that could be the difference, I think, between them making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. Is as like you said, Mike Green is going to um, add, add to one of thirty-eight goals. <laughs> yeah, he, he's going to add to their power play for sure. Um, and Brad Richards, nothing short. I mean, I I personally, I'm amazed that he was able to revitalize his career, if you will, from being benched in the Stanley Cup Finals uh, to being an integral part of Chicago winning the Stanley Cup last year. Um, for him to for him to come back from where he was, and I mean, you know, coach's decision back there with the Rangers. Um, and we've seen where, where he's gone. But I, I think two great signings by the Red Wings. And, and if they do make the playoffs, those two guys are going to have to come in and and perform as good or better than they did last year uh, for Detroit to have a chance to make the playoffs. I, I look at the, the team right behind them in the standings, um, the Ottawa Senators, who made a obviously great late-season push there with the Hamburgers raining down from the rafters uh, in Ottawa. Um, young team, uh, ready to take that next step maybe and and push Detroit down into that number four spot where they're on the wild card bubble maybe. Uh, Tom, what do you think? Is Ottawa ready to, to dethrone that, that Detroit Red Wings playoff streak? Absolutely, in my mind, yeah, no, yeah. for sure. To me, in my mind, that's not even a question. I had a feeling you'd go um, that way for sure. Yeah, I think, um, man, I, you know, I know we said this last year too, and it, I mean, it's really, it's really got to turn around for this guy because I really do like him. And, you know, Bobby Ryan's got to, oh, he's got to get it, he's got to get it together, man. Um, you know, for them to really be uh, a force. And I mean, they were really good last year, and he was pretty much what non-existent. Is that, is that okay to say or no? I, I'm I'm on board with non-existent. <laughs> okay, I'm on, yeah, I'm on board with. I, I I would I would I would go with disappointing. Obviously, with his talent, with his skill and size, uh, and the kind of minutes that he gets, there's no way that just 18 goals and 36 assists in you know 78 games. Uh, that's not good enough. Gotta have and, yeah. He should feel that way. He should feel that. He's gotta, you know. But when you look at this roster, to me, you know, obviously it's led by Eric Paulson, but you know, you got Mark Stone, Kyle Turner, uh, Bobby Ryan, Mike Hoffman, Timber Jad, I'll be butchering his name, and MacArthur, uh, and some good depth. I mean, this to me, uh, you know, is uh, they uh, have a very good, strong young roster. Now, obviously, uh, what they're going to face this year, uh, I guess the, the red flag I would put on them is there's going to be a lot of expectations. Um, so I can use two examples of teams going back two years ago. The Islanders uh, looked like they turned the corner, and then they took a step back to be able to move forward. And last year, though, they had a lot of injuries. You could say the same about the Blue Jackets. I mean, I was, at this time last year, reading about the Blue Jackets, and, you know, there was a lot of, NHL uh, experts picking them to represent the East in the Stanley Cup Finals, and they didn't make the playoffs. Whoa, so whoa, whoa. Uh, sometimes, with ex- sometimes with expectations for young players uh, could be a bit of a heavy burden. But in terms of you know the talent on the roster, where they're at, um, 
you know, Craig Anderson, I think, is a, a solid goalie. This is a team last year that was in the regular season ninth in, in scoring and 13th in terms of goals allowed. Um, and I think they, I think they have an excellent. Yeah, and I think they have an, I think they have an excellent chance to be better. So now they have lost. Uh, they have lost a few players: Eric Condor, Eric Griba, David Laguan, and Robin Lane are the last two, obviously heading over to Buffalo. Um, do, do you think that impacts them going forward? They didn't bring in anybody. To, to speak of, yeah, they really kept the same team. I mean, they they had three goalies, so uh, you know, so they traded and they got a good return uh, for uh, with Buffalo. Um, they also um, and then one went in that deal as well, which I think they wanted to go a little bit younger uh, than David Lakewan. So uh, I, I think they, you know, I think they have a very uh, solid squad, and I think it's a, a team to watch. Uh, for for next year, yeah, I, I, and, I, and I think too, you know, you talking about the moves or uh, not bringing anyone in or and whatnot. If you guys remember last year at trade deadline, they didn't make a move really, and uh, people were upset. Right, right. And then they went, they went what twenty three, one and two for the rest of the year. So I think uh, that was something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Mister Murray, I think has a pulse on this team and needs and wants and uh, systems sure. and who's coming up to fill the roles. So I, I, I don't think that's really a, I don't think that's an issue. I don't know. Um, you know what? I got to give, I got to give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. You're, you're a hundred percent there. Um, who you think Anderson or Hammond starts the season uh, number one in the net? Wow. I'm going with Anderson. I agree. I think I'm going with Anderson as well. Yeah. And 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 then play the hot hand from there on out. I I, I kind of exactly. like that too. You let the veteran take because you. I mean, you got to know the if if you, you know, who knows? He could outplay Anderson lights out in the preseason, and he goes number one. But, um, you know, coming off last year, the the expectations and the pressure up in Canada would be just amazing on that kid, and probably best to let him just come back in as the backup. Let the veteran get you out of the blocks. And uh, like like you said, hot handed after that. So Ottawa, yeah. Ottawa is one of those interesting teams. I could see them, I could see them going either way. Uh, they're young enough, and uh, young enough to where where the they could they could go back. I mean, it's look at where they were before the stretch run after the Hamburger came up. They were what thirteenth in the. In the east, twelve. They were, they were yeah, somewhere around there. They yeah, weren't close. Yeah. So if yeah. you if you even reduce that to a, a five hundred club the rest of the way, they're fifteen points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. Um. It the the obviously the run they were on broke records. It's never been done in the NHL history before. They're going to need to find a consistency in their game, no matter who's in net, or they're going to miss the playoffs again. Um, yeah, I mean, a, cons- a consistent, a consistent Bobby Ryan, and based on the contract they gave in, these, in recent times and over the last year or so, they got to get you know fifty million dollar contract. They got to get a lot more. For sure. Uh, not that he, you know, you know, I'm not going to put fifty four points in this day and age, but he, he's better than that, and uh, uh, he should look at last year as a disappointment. I agree. Agree. Yeah. Cons- I think consistency is. Um, 
outside of Eric Carlson, obviously. Um, we didn't even talk about the the two Norris Trophy winning blue liner with 60 points a season there. Um, uh, yeah, he led the, led the team in uh, points and ice time. Yeah, 27-15 yeah. a game. You got to – I mean, let's tip our hats to Mr. Carlson there because uh, – Again, without him, they they don't, they don't go on that run. Could, excuse me. The consistency factor in Ottawa is my only question for that team. Um, if Detroit slips up at all, I think if if Bobby Ryan comes up with a big season and uh, they get anywhere near the uh, goaltending performance that they got down the stretch last year, I think it could be. I think it could be Ottawa taking the, the three slot, uh, but I'm not I'm not sure yet. I'm gonna hold on to that. Uh, they only don't, did, you think, don't you guys think you can make a strong argument that Ottawa's tandem is better than the Red Wings tandem at this point in time? In, in that, yeah. Ooh, that could be a podcast all by itself. I don't know. I <laughs> wow, it's close. Uh, it's close. If, uh, tough. I. I think Jimmy Howard would still be the best goaltender out of all four of those. Um, even you know, some same thing happened in, in Chicago during the playoffs last year. Um, if you guys remember, uh, they were going back and forth with their goaltenders in the first round, second round as well. Um, so I don't know. Tough, tough, tough conversation to have there. Tough conversation. The Boston Bruins are that might be the only. Only position that they are set in right now. Uh, Tucker Rask has got to be the backbone of that team going forward. Yeah. Absolutely. You you took about turnover. Wow. I mean, new GM, new GM, Dougie Hamilton gone, Lucic gone, Sutterberg gone, Campbell gone, Riley Smith gone. You know, they brought in Jimmy Hayes in the trade. That's uh, with Florida. That uh, that's where Riley Smith went. He signed Napoleski, uh, but you know, today, you know, Chara's you know, thirty-eight on not the knees that they were a few years ago, uh, which it's hard to be that you know stalwart number no one defenseman with the amount of mileage. And there's no nothing against him, obviously. I mean, can't play this game forever. So there are a lot of questions about the Bruins. Um, you know, they obviously had trouble scoring goals last year. They were 22nd in the league. Um, it's hard to believe that this was a team. This was a team last year. At this time, you would, you would consider it a Stanley Cup contender. They didn't make the make the playoffs. So, um, there, there are a lot of questions. You know, will Louis Erickson uh, finally be the player that they envisioned when they traded for him? Then the last year it was Jill, by the way, as well. Um, so. There's a lot of question marks about the, about the Bruins. Yeah, Mark? Hello, Mark? I'm here. Oh. I think we lost Mark. Yeah, oh, that's... Uh, hey, hey, how's it going? My my headphones came unplugged there. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're just talking about the Bruins. And, um, you know... Bruins fan enjoy that EA Sports NHL 15 cover of Bergeron and just sit back and just grasp it in your hands and enjoy his memories. I think uh, out of the, you know, let's uh, 
Last year, last year, in all the prognosticators preseason uh, preseason picks, a lot of them had Bruins Kings in the Stanley Cup final. They sure did, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> between the two, obviously, uh, for me, I think the Kings have taken the necessary step forward to get back into the playoffs and be a contender. And I'm not sure the and. Trust me, I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm not trying to question the, the great Cam Neely or anybody in the front office there that certainly knows way more than I do. But I'm not. I don't know where they're headed with what they're doing. Um, you did have aging players. I think. I, I honestly, I think they were retooling. I, I don't think they were rebuilding, but I think they were retooling. And obviously, you know, when you trade. Uh, it's more, not only do they trade Lucic, but as you know, Mark, uh, they are paying almost 50% of his salary uh, this, this this last year of his deal, which also means uh, nearly $3 million of the cap hit is going against their cap, a player that's not on their team, where they basically where they basically traded for, uh, uh, you know, uh, Kyle Miller, who probably was off the year in, in the AHL, and what new amounts to Marty Jones, who they flipped. For a first round pick and the first round uh, coming up in this year's 2016 draft from the Sharks, and then the first round pick last year. So when you do that, you know, that says to me that you're looking down the road and not at this season. Um, they have, sure. like I was saying, they have tremendous turnover. Um, now, if all things come together, I mean, to Perask, I'm still a big believer in him. I am. If Louis Erickson can, can bounce back like he was the player in Dallas, if you can get a healthy Bergeron, you know, Bergeron, healthy for the whole year, Matt Valesky, do what he did last year, Jimmy Hayes with more of a role, uh, and, and, you know, a healthy Brent Conley, um, you know, Charles needs to feel better than what we predict. You know, is it possible that, the, you know, yeah, I would say, possible they can they can get in this division uh get in at the as the thirteen but there are a lot of questions here. Uh, uh, wow too, too many question marks. The question I got for you guys how long does Claude Julian last? Give me a month. But he's gonna be fired. I I think he makes the whole season. I think if the wow. front office yeah. is, if the front office is is a, admittedly uh, retooling, as Chris says, at the least, then I don't think you scapegoat your coach out in the middle of the season. Um, I know he was oh, in the seat before last year. I think if you're going to lose your coach in that situation, you do it before free agency. I think if you want to go a new direction in the coaching, then that had to be done before July 1st and even before the draft. Um, right now, I, I, th- I, I think you leave Julian on board for the full season and then reevaluate it next year with the players that you bring in. Um, that's just I, I, I totally agree with Mark. I totally agree with Mark. If, if you told me right now that Claude Julian's going to get fired during this season, then uh, this could be a real rough year for the Bruins. I, I think I think it would have to take a lot. Uh, you know, while I do believe that uh, they have a lot of questions. I still expect them to be uh, a competitive team. Now, that doesn't mean I, I think they're going to make the playoffs, per se, but I do expect them to be a competitive team. Yeah, but the only reason I ask is, if they were talking about firing him, at, well, they, they dismissed the playoffs. They had 98 points. Right, guys? 
Yep. I'm gonna look that up. Uh, '96. They, they were they were right there in the thick of things, right for the picks. Yep. Yep. So, but they're talking about Fargo Sky at '96, and I think we agree that they have a not as good of lineup as last year. I don't see them getting in the upper '90s again this year. You know what I mean? I agree with you, but I don't know if you put that on the coach at this point. You've taken, you've taken at least three major pieces off that roster and really didn't replace them with what you had. Um, you gotta if you're in the front office and you start pulling those strings and you start going that direction, you gotta understand that your coach isn't going to compensate for those moves. I would think. I don't know. I don't know. That's yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Just my opinion. A smart. A, yeah, no, it should be good. The smart move is to wait. You know, the the up and coming coaches that have filled the vacancies um, since the off season or since the end of the regular season and playoffs. You know, the guys you might want to take your franchise in the new direction you're obviously headed have been maybe off the market. So now, what do you do? You you just write it out. You know, you know, you could be in. I mean, I don't think you're in for, let's quote Mike Badcock, pain as the Toronto Maple Leafs are in. But you you know you're in for a rough couple seasons before any of these moves bear fruit, if you will. I just mean, just my opinion. I don't think it's yeah. the time to lose a coach. But um, who knows what the Boston faithful are going to be calling for in December when they're fifth place in the conference uh, battling with Florida. Oh, for sure. I think Florida is definitely going to supersede the Bruins, in my opinion. But I've always been in love with this team for the last 10 years. always thinking they're going to make the playoffs, and they never do. But I think this is the year, for real, Mark. And Chris, for real, this is the year. And I did say fifth place in the conference for Boston. I was saying fifth place in the division. (laughs) Just just so we're clear, uh, Boston I I won't be, I don't think, in fifth place. And I think the... Front office has to realize that, and I, hell, Claude Julian's a great coach. I think, um, I think he gets at least this year all the way through. But you know what? I like I like Florida. I like the way they, I like what they're doing. Um, I like where they're headed. I like their young players. I like uh, they've got a veteran goalie. Luongo's back in there. Um, ooh. I, I I like Florida. I I like them to be a rising team in this conference. I just um I just been saying it for so long, so I don't um you know Lawando just kind of shut it down, and uh, I don't know. But you know, speaking of playoffs, it's tough. I don't want to move in the Metro, but I got five teams going in the Metro in the playoffs. Who's the Who's does Florida overtake? They're not taking Montreal, Tampa. Uh, it's the Ottawa and Florida, I think. You know what I mean? Depending how you have the Metro lined up. but I don't know. They might not make the playoffs. I could just be just talking garbage again for 11, <laughs> 11 years straight. <laughs> 11 straight years. Well, can, can, I, can I say what I don't like about Florida? Sure. Yeah. You can say anything you want. Uh, um <laughs> uh, not that I don't think Florida's got a shot at, at beating out Ottawa for the third spot. Uh, but basically, I, I, this is a team come back, coming back with the same squad, except they, you know, they brought out Brad Boys. Uh, they traded Jimmy Hayes for Riley Smith. Uh, so that's a little bit of an upgrade, in my opinion. I like that. This is a team that really, really struggles to score goals. 
Uh, he was 25th in the league last year. Uh, really poor last year on, on specialty teams, um, in which uh, they were 24 in both the power play and the penalty kills. And based on the lack of scoring that they have, they're going to play a lot of 3-2-2-1 games. So you're going to play a lot of those kind of games, and you're bad, uh, you're bad on your specialty teams. Um, that's going to be a problem. Um, I do like, you know, obviously we're going to have the offer for the full year as opposed to for uh, playoff stretch. Uh, so I do like that combination of Yager with the young players, and they do have, but those young players need to take another step this year. Um, obviously, Aaron Eckblad was, he couldn't ask for more out of a rookie, let alone an 18 year old rookie last year. Um, you know, but, you know, Balkoff, Uberdo, um, Bar- and company. Barkov had a great year for being a uh, first-year, second-year player. 24 goals, 60 points in 125 games so far in his career. Um, he looks like he's right on point. I think he's going to have a breakout year. Well, like, I, believe, I believe I'm looking at it now that in terms of players they had last year, they only had three players. I mean, Yager did, but he only spent the last 20 games of the year with them. Although he had 18 points and 20 games for them last year, we yeah. only had three players last year of who were with them pretty much for the whole season that had more than 40 points. So just to emphasize with how much scoring problems that they that they had last year. So um, you know this this is this is a team that uh, and you know maybe it's being. Uh, from the, you know, the fact that Philadelphia is a little bit of a disappointment, but um, from, uh, from that standpoint, that Luanco is also getting a little bit older. I see some questions here. I see some upside. Uh, I am not as sold on Panthers as you guys are. Yeah. Well, I don't want to uh, loop uh, Mark. But I said that they weren't that far away. away. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't that far away last year. So, uh, the the head uh, is the, the, the power play unit. And now Yager's there for the full year, so that may be turning around a little bit. But, um, you know, looking at, on paper, which is always a problem, but on paper, you know, that power play unit should be just slaying it, you know what I mean? Yep, agreed. It's got to be improved. Um, yeah. One thing they keep an eye on with Florida is they're one of the few teams that has a tremendous amount of cap space. They're, they're somewhere, I haven't looked at their number within the last two or three, I'm not, I want to say that there's one of their players that they still haven't signed, I want to say it's Huberto, that's going based off our memory, so if I got this wrong, please don't send me any nasty messages, but yeah. I think they have an RSA, uh, but they have roughly in the neighborhood of 12 to 13 million in cap space. And they have, after the season, Ryan Campbell coming off the books. He has a 7.1 cap hit. Willie Mitchell coming off the books. He has a $4 million cap hit. And Yaramir Yarvin coming off the books, and I believe he's around three and a half. I mean, so when you ask about, they could, and with this uh, upcoming offseason, you know, not everyone's going to sign. They could get next year's uh, free agency bill. Stamp, stamp coast, stamp coast to Florida, <laughs> E25. <laughs> stamp coast to Florida, 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 Florida,
time will tell. For sure. No question about it. That's a wait-and-see team. That's a wait-and-see team. They got to be better on the power play. They got to be better on special teams. Uh, the youngsters got to move along. Next step, Barkoff and Huberto, Ekblad for sure. Uh, Nick Bustad got to come up. Um, I agree, yeah. It could be in that 8-9-10 uh, spot towards the end of the season. Uh, I, I think they – I think that – you look in the Eastern Conference and including the Metropolitan Viking at that just that yeah. area, say six to ten. There's there's jeez, seven teams that could be fighting for those spots easily. Um we're not going to be looking at one of those seven when we take the <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs under our wing here. Um my Mike Badcock said we all get to look forward to pain. Uh, Kessel, yeah. Kessel gone to Pittsburgh. They did bring in Sean Matias, P.A. Parentu, and Mark Arcabello. But that's, those are just stopgap players. Is right now on the Blue Morello, Mike Babcock, that's what you got. First-round pick Mitch Marner from this past draft. You got William Nylander from the other draft in terms of first round. They're on the bus um, uh, along with Morgan Wiley. After that, I think there's going to be an equation going on. From the from those three gentlemen of Shanahan, Lamarell, and Babcock, in terms of Van Rensig, uh, obviously he's a really big player, but he's you know, a really strong player. But he's you know he's probably the one asset they can get a lot for. Um, and you know Toronto's it's probably going to take let's be honest at least a couple of years before they're even uh, playoff worthy. Uh, you know guys like Country, Ozak, Uple, Sanus. Jake Gardner, where do they? Where are they? Are they going to be? Uh, is the brass going to view them as that future core? And those who are not will be moved at a certain point in time uh, between the course of next season and you know next off season. And I, I don't think they know the answer to those questions yet. Um, it'll be interesting to see if I don't know how much of a uh, you know I don't know if you guys have heard anything about Mitch Marner in terms of his chance of making the team. I guess would be probably going back to junior, but that's just a guess. Not that would be interesting to see if Nylander makes the team. I mean, again, if they make the team, they have to play. So uh, I think that's kind of where they're at. I think they have a long road ahead of them. They did add a lot of really good picks in last draft, so that's good. Uh, but they got a long road ahead of them. This is, uh, I want to I ask you guys this question, and... Uh, I heard uh, Andrew Peters ask a question. If, if Coach Babcock is as great as everyone says he is, why wouldn't they keep Kessel and make Mike Bossy well, 50 goals in 50 games? If, how, why would that not happen? Because Phil Kessel is a Mike Bossy? <laughs> you know, you, but, you, but, you, but you know what I'm saying, though. You know what I mean? If Babcock is such a genius mind, and Kessel definitely has the talent, what would be the problem then? Obviously, there's, you know, while Kessel's a great goal, in my opinion, he's a great goal scorer. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's some baggage there in terms of all-round game. Um, is Toronto, you know, people have always said, is Toronto the right market for Kessel? Um you know, so I, 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 you know, obviously there are some questions there, 
And uh, even with Phil Kessel on this team, this is going to be a bad team. So I think you look at this team, uh, I was a fan of the Maple Leafs, and trust me, I, uh, I've been a, uh, in the not too, uh, not that long, I was a fan of a team that was very bad. So uh, you got to look at this and say, look, it's going to be a three-year project before we're really relevant then. So we need to, you know, capture as many, do it the best job that we possibly can in every draft going forward, and then what about the assets that we have that we can trade for the future on players who we don't view as future, you know, in terms of that future group. Because if you're looking at three years from now, for instance, let's take, let's take Jake Gardner's example. He signed for four more years. You feel it's going to take three more years before you're relevant again. Well, and you can get something really good that's going to help you more for that down the line for Jake Gardner. You know, I mean, that's something I think you should look at, especially if, you know, it's always sold on Jake Gardner's uh, being that kind of core player for you down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, I think as an organization, you have to ask those questions. Yeah, in this position. Well, if, I think if you're going to move a Phil Kessel, who's been a part of your leadership for a while and also a 40-goal scorer in the league, and I'm probably talking out of school, but uh, we can do that here. I think there's stuff uh, behind the scenes in the locker room that we're not privileged to, and both players are probably going to be – both both players, I mean the franchise and the player. They're going to be better off without each other from this point forward, I would think. Um, that to answer your question, Tom, that's I think I think during the meltdown last season, the way he dealt with the Toronto media probably wasn't. I mean, I love the way he stood up and and took accountability and and defended his teammates. Um, for um for that, but a lot of people in Toronto may not be. Um, it, I just think as all things considered, it's probably you don't just you don't just let a 40 goal scorer walk away. So there had to be something more to it than the on ice, than on ice concerns. And I think, I think there's more to it about his presence around the room. And, and I'm probably talking way out of school and I'm wrong and he can call us up and we'll talk about it. (laughs) I'm a hotline. 1-800. Yeah. 1-800. Call the podcast. We, uh, uh, you, you never know who's going to show up. So we've had Clint Malarchuk. We've had some some uh, other players involved. So, hey, come on in. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I probably am. Uh, but but now, I, now, I, I, it wouldn't be the now, first time this week. <laughs> but now we get to the, the, the most exciting team I know that Tom wants to talk about. Oh, man. Yeah, I, absolutely. I don't even know what I don't even know if I want to talk about it because I look at just just um. I look now at wait, Tom. Do you want to make any Rex Ryan ish uh, theme that he's close to Bills now? You know, Rex Ryan ish proclamations about the Sabres for next year. Uh, yeah, I think he's Rick's probably more versed on Buffalo Bills football at this point in time than he is uh, <laughs> Buffalo Sabres hockey. To be honest, I think Rex Ryan said, "Listen, I'll handle the defensive scheme for the Sabres." And Coach Palsma, you handle the offensive team. We should be good. We're looking probably right at that six, seven spot in the playoffs. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> no, I, the, the thing that bothers me is, um, you know, I look at the, the projected lineups, and I really don't know what to think of it. Cause I see centers on wings and wings at center and two centers playing. I, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I, I just, 
I just can't wait for the official, uh, you know, first week of October, get this thing started. But you guys talk about it. I really have no comment. But I, the one comment I do have is the uh, Cody Franzen thing, with the tie this all the way back around again. Because I don't think it's a good move for the Sabres to sign him, based on the fact that the right-handed defenseman thing, I just don't think we need him. And uh, that's that. What do you guys, uh, you guys do? Well, I think they're going to be a lot better. I mean, they were the worst team in the league last year. Uh, Two years. Gonna go, <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I think they're going to go from you know being uh, one of the worst teams to being a competitive team. Um, I still think there's a lot of work to do um, in terms of winning next year. I mean, they did lose it off, which I think is going to hurt because I, you know, I look at the defense and uh, I like Bojan. Uh, I like some of their young defensemen, but it, it's not there yet in terms of winning, to even comparing in, in, in this weak division in terms of, you know, vying for a playoff spot. Uh, I like, I like the goalie that they could winner. Um, you know, but, you know, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of future talent here. Oh, yeah, no, you know, it's looking good. But, but, you know, asking, you know, young defensemen take time, asking guys like Lucy Linen, you know, Reinhardt, even Jack Eichel, you know, right out, you know, even though Russell Warren was a team last year, um, you know, right out of the box uh, to, to help this team propel them into the playoffs. I know they have Ryan O'Reilly. I know they have a Vanger team. Hopefully we can get a lot more out of Matt Molson. Um, this is a team that, believe it or not, uh, only had one 20-goal scorer, and uh, we barely got it. I think he got it in the last yeah, game. Was a, yeah, that was yeah, two games the last game. He got twenty. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was watching it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. That was so, the highlight of the season. Yeah, I mean they have, and they have a good pipeline. They have more players coming too. So, uh, you know, again, um, I think there'll be a separation uh, from them. You know, if you look, if you said to me, okay, uh, this is involving other teams, who are the bottom? five teams that you feel like are not going to, you know, they're going to be by far the worst teams in the league, not going to be a factor at all for the playoffs. They're going to be uh, well above them. Whether or not they're going to be able to compete for, you know, that third spot, if you will, well, that's a little, little hint there of what I, how I feel the East is going to go. Uh, but uh, in terms of that third spot, you know, I think they'll be in the mix for that until then, you know, a year from now, I think we'll... Yeah, I, I, well, I agree. I think the fans' expectations are a little little too high for my liking. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here. And I hope you guys can correct me. I just want to, um, you know, this O'Reilly thing. Everyone thinks he's, uh, you know, Sidney Crosby. And I, I think the impression is that, you know, he's averaging, you know, two points a game. And that is far from the truth here. And I, just, I, I hear that a lot. I see it on the Internet. And all that stuff, and um, that just is far from the truth. He's um, he's not that guy. Well, the first thing he's got to do is back his yeah, that, that, that. get it get it get it out of the side of the ball, oh, baby. Um, before before we're even on the ice, you got to get your yeah. truck out of the side of the door. Come on, guy. Um, got to do it. Uh, d- days after signing a seven-year, multi-million-dollar deal, you put your truck in the side yeah. of the building. Not a good not look. a good look. Not a good not look. Not good. Um, 
So first and foremost, you got to get that under control. I like him as a, I like him to be your third line center, but I don't know if he's overpaid at that capacity. No kidding. I'm not in the, I'm not in the Sidney Crosby just went to Buffalo f- uh, fan club there, as far as per, what expected production. But if you can eventually get, uh, what do you got there? Eichel, Reinhardt, uh, Riley, Legwand as your centers. Yeah. You know? And you do have so, you have some. Yeah, some other and Gergerson should be the third line center in, in all theory, but you know that's that's you know there it's debatable. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I actually I think O'Reilly's. You know, I think he's a guy who's got an all around game, and he's a top six four. Uh, obviously, in my opinion, although we've talked about this, how crazy the contracts are going, how fast the players' salaries are rising. He's getting paid pretty much like he's a first line player, and I, I get it. He is a first line player on the Sabres, but to me, he's an excellent second line player. But yeah, he will, he will he will really help this team in, in in a lot of different ways going forward. So he just has to hopefully he learned from that uh, terrible uh, choice and judgment over the summer, and that will be a wake up call for him, and that will be that. Um, but I, I I'm a big, I'm a fan of uh, Ryan O'Reilly's. Uh, you know, even though he got overpaid, but everyone's getting overpaid now. Yeah. Yeah, his bro- his brother's on the roster too, is it? Yeah, yeah, he's talking about being Rochester, but uh, yeah, they did sign him to like you know two way deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was okay. probably a package deal. Yeah, he's gonna be in Rochester most likely, but time will tell. I look for them to take steps forward. I, I'm obviously along with everybody else. I'm excited to see Jack Eichel play. Um, I love the. I love the commitment he's made to the city and the franchise from even even before the draft when the uh, the viral video that Tom likes to talk about where he's where he's pounding the Bud Light down he says Buffalo I'm coming yeah uh, I, I, I let's say sometimes sometimes some players in some sports don't always embrace. The Buffalo community, um, much to their detriment, I would say, but to see a player come through that highly touted and that that uh, that high up in a draft taken to embrace the destination, um, I like I like to see that. I don't maybe some uh, running backs maybe had some some negative <laughs> things to say about the the community and the market. Oh, Perhaps may lead to some booze on opening huh. day, um, as as much as the backtracking has uh, occurred since then. Once his agent got a hold of him, but uh, to see a player, a young guy who gets it the way Eichel does, um, I'm excited to see him play. I hope I hope for great things in the Buffalo community for me. Yeah, but he just he just seems to he seems to be a very good fit and just body language and. Uh, just some of the sense I get from McDavid, maybe not so stoked to be actually an Edmonton Oiler, um, but Eichel for sure, very excited to be a Buffalo Sabre. So as that goes forward, it's one of the things I'll be keeping my eye on this year. Yeah, I think it's, you know, just to wrap this up, yeah, I mean, and Reinhardt, Eichel and Reinhardt would be the ones to watch, and I'm definitely excited to see that. And just to let you guys know, season tickets tapped out at 15000 and, uh, you know, there's not a seat to be had. So, for the two, you know, two years in a row, the worst team. So, it's not necessarily anyway. 
definitely definitely well uh well let's do uh let's do some predictions here we'll start with chris where do you have this division shaken out uh well, I'm going to pick Tampa to win the division. Um, not that I don't think that Montreal is not capable of. Obviously, last year, I think they came within, what, one or two points of winning the division. But I think Tampa is the best team in the division, so I'm going to pick them to win it. Uh, and ironically, one can make the argument that it might be, at least for the first round of the playoffs, advantageous in this division to finish second. Because if you the team that finishes second, as you know, will probably be the team that finishes third. And that team could be a lesser team than Tampa because they could draw uh, the team that wins the division because they can draw they would draw a wild card team which might be better than the third team in this division. I hope that all made sense. But um, so I like I'm Tampa, with you. Um, I like Tampa one, Montreal two. They're clearly the two best teams in this division. I like Ottawa third. I think like I was saying before. I I think that they're upside. With uh, their their forwards, uh, I, I think they really came together last third of the season. They can get off to a good start, which seems to be a little bit of a bugaboo for that. Uh, I really like Ottawa for the third spot. Now, having said that, I expect Detroit, Florida, and Boston to push them for that third spot. Um, you know, Detroit is a team that just doesn't seem to go away. Boston does have some. You know, there's some good things that we talked about there. In Florida, I like the young, the young talent of, you know, Barkoff, Huberto, Eklund, and they, you know, like some of those veterans they have as well. But I just like Ottawa more. And uh, Buffalo, I believe, will be, like I said, a competitive team. Um, maybe even into the last month of the season, they will be kind of on the outer edge of, you know, playoff talk. Uh, and, and, you know, if they can go from a season of, being the worst team in hockey to, you know, being the uh, last month of the season, being on the periphery of being in the playoffs, I think that's, uh, that's a excellent step forward for them. And Toronto, I consider one of the five worst teams in hockey, so it's going to be a total, you know, rebuild, even though Mike Babcock uh, gets a lot out of his players, although I think there'll be some, some growing teams there. I also believe that the three teams I mentioned, Tampa, uh, Tampa, Montreal, Ottawa will be the only teams going to the NHL playoff tournament out of yeah. the division. So I will sneak, sneak preview. I, I, I predict, I'm predicting that two of the uh, Metro te- teams will be winning uh, the wild card. Well, I couldn't agree more with that assessment, for sure. As much as I want Florida in there, yeah. I think Atlantic division only has three teams in the playoffs. Yeah, no, that, you're, you're right on point there, for sure. I'm... Uh... I'm all around in the same. I've got, I've got Tampa, Montreal, Ottawa, and I'm gonna put Florida in the four spot there. Um, really close. If Ottawa does not find their consistency this season, I my dark horse here in the Atlantic is Florida Panthers to the third spot. That would be. I think Detroit goes back. I think Boston continues to step back. I think Buffalo and and Boston will be playing for the fifth spot in the division. Uh, if everything, one thing we didn't mention uh, about the Buffalo Sabers, just to get back to that for a second, uh, Danny Bilesma coming in as head coach, I really like. Yeah. That. I know I'm pre, I know I'm previously on point there uh, as a big fan of Teddy Nolan hockey, and I'm not going to come off that. 
I think for this for this group for this time, I don't think a better signing. I know Babcock played the game there, uh, bouncing back and forth between Buffalo and Toronto. I think Buffalo got the right coach for the right group at the right time, and I think Bilesma is really going to, in three years' time, have a great hockey club there in Buffalo. So uh, they they will challenge Boston for the fifth spot in that division. And whichever way that goes, you're looking, obviously, I think Toronto, I agree with Chris, uh, long way to go there in Toronto. So. Also, too, I think uh, we'll be interested to see how Levander Kane does this season. You know, he's uh, a guy with a lot of talent, former top pick, uh, a couple of years ago had a huge year. Uh, he's had injuries, he's had off the ice with issues from what you read with his teammates and, you know, so um, this would be good for Benikin, I think, just for this young group. Huge. Uh, agree, and we didn't even talk about Evander Kane. Yeah, I, I think it's a big thing for him to show that he's an important piece of this. And how, let me look real quick, how old is, but the funny thing is he's been around for a while, and I'm willing to bet he's, you know, older than 25. So is that the other thing? I, I would agree with you. He, he was born in 91. So August 2nd of 91. So he just turned, uh, we're getting old, he just turned 24. So, you know, he's still a baby. Wow. You know, uh, well, he's still a young, young player, I should say. So I think that's yeah. the guy to really watch for Buffalo is Evander Kane. And, uh, you know, you know obviously... What, since you brought him up, I'm going to bounce Buffalo in front of Boston. I'm going for it. I'm saying uh, I totally forgot that he, since he was injured the rest of last year after they got him, I'm going to say Buffalo passes Boston. I think their organization as a whole has a very clear direction of where they're headed now. I'm not sure Boston has that. I'm going to say Buffalo in the five spot there in that division. I think, but uh, Mark, not to press you, but uh, do you think there's that one of do you think uh, the Atlantic will land a wild card spot or not? Yeah, so yeah, so that's that, that's how I see it too, Chris. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't um, see a win in the wild card. Yeah, I'll wait till we get to the Metropolitan Division okay. to yeah. finish out my Eastern Conference. Pre- I'll, I'll put a tease out. There. Yeah, because that's uh, that's a that's a tough uh, thing. I'm, a, I'm a hold that's on a to tough that. thing. Like who, what yeah, what team yet. is going <laughs> to jump the five projected Metro playoff teams? You know what I mean? Like there's no way they can jump them yeah. in, in, in theory. You know. You know, we were talking about that in the off-season, Tom, when we were at our day. When you start looking at teams that didn't make the playoff to teams that you think might make the playoffs, you got to look at the teams that... Yeah, there's no room, yeah. Who's moving out? Yeah, who's moving in, who's moving out? Where do you drop? Yeah, Yeah, that's a a big... uh, I mean, we could all sit here and say, oh, yeah, the Kings, uh, down season, down regular season, barely outpointed at the end. Um, look at the teams in front of them that did make the co- the playoffs in the Western Conference. Who are the Kings going to replace um, going forward to see if they project into a playoff spot? Oh, I know, they I know who they're going to replace. I know who they're going to replace. I know that's who they're going to replace. That's another show. Save it, boys. But yeah, that's a tease. That's a tease yeah. as well. But that's the kind of process you got to go through when you're going through our projections. For sure. Yeah. As uh, who who's going to move down? Uh, we've already kind of pigeonholed Detroit to move down. I'll, I'll throw uh, out Florida, throw, Boston, but I'll throw out one last piece is when when we're on the last 
one of these podcasts that we do for the division, we should also, each one of us say, you know, what teams we think can we can see winning the Stanley Cup. And uh, I think more so than most seasons, it's a lot, a lot bigger list than it would be, let's say, if we looked at the NHL five years ago. I think it's where the league is heading. Yeah, which, yeah. which I th- which I think is a great thing, by the way. I think it speaks, and uh, we're the Vegas Hockey Podcast, so I'm gonna go off on a little Vegas tangent. There's a, some of the negativity about uh, expanding the league here with our friends in Quebec City and Las Vegas. Uh, talk about diluting the talent of the league. Well, it's it's actually been proven over the previous expansions that it doesn't. It doesn't lower the bar; it raises the bar. Um, there's and as as previous expansions, what the talent base has not been as broad to pull from as it is in this day and age with the the Swedes and the Finns and the European the European players just getting better and better and better as we you know advance in hockey talent. Um, the, the the talent pool we, league wide, the just the strength of hockey, I think, is one of the reasons that the league is going to expand. It can absorb uh, another twenty four jobs at forty forty four jobs at the NHL level. I really think it can. There's players that we've talked about earlier in our our free agents still out there section that are going to be leaving the league. And there's minor league players that have been sitting behind those players for three or four years that have been ready to come into the league. Well, I look at the KHL. The KHL team is already up and going. And there's a lot of players that do not want to be there right now. And, uh, yes, there's plenty, plenty of talent around. And I'll, I'll, give, I'll give one last point about that, too is the fact that I mentioned this before, but I'll bring it up again. Uh, I think it was one of the early podcasts I appeared with you guys, is if we went back and looked at the league even 10 years ago, we said, okay, a player, even a top player, top player gets drafted, we're looking at, you know, when I say top player, I'll say a top even 10 player. We're looking at a process of, you know, maybe it's three, four years before we see him on the roster, and four, five years and now uh, it's a whole different ballgame. Um, you know, players are drafted, you know, for a top, uh, you know, and they're on the, in the NHL you know, within two, three years. I mean, I, I mentioned, and I'll bring this up again, so, you, you know, if you heard this, before, heard this before in a podcast, but please just reiterate the point. You know, uh, Ryan Strome, his draft year of 2011, is the fifth overall pick, and he spent two years in junior and a half a year in the AHL. So he came to the NHL at a ripe old age of 20 years old. And of his draft class, he was the last one in the top 10 to make it to the NHL. So that just shows you how fast the talent is coming. Uh, the Islanders have a guy, uh, one of the top prospects ranking hockey, Michael Zell Cole. He needs to make a strong argument, should be in the NHL this year. Um, but it's due to the Islanders' depth. He He's, it's not going to be easy for him to make the team. So I do believe, like you guys, that there is enough talent to go around uh, in, in terms of getting two more teams. After that, I think it might be a little bit of a stretch at this point in time, but I, I easily can see uh, you know, two more teams being added to the league. 
Yeah, to me, adding both Vegas and Quebec uh, would be two great markets. One, bringing back hockey that should never have lost hockey. And one, I think the fan base will just go, you guys will know better than me, but will go crazy about having their first ever professional sports team on a very, uh, you know, one of the you know one of the top 20 markets in the country. 100%. I put up... Uh... I put up some pictures on uh, some still shots from uh, they did a they did an in arena tour yesterday, and they broadcasted it on Periscope, um, and I took some still shots while I was watching it and put them up on that arena looks fantastic. To, uh, me and Tom were talking about when it was still in the dirt about how it'd be really nice to have a, a nice tight environment, i.e., the old Chicago Stadium. Uh, and the old Montreal Forum, where the the upper deck is like right there, uh, and now that we're this far along in the process, if anybody goes up on uh, our Twitter feed at Vegas Hockey Pod, uh, you'll see some some current pictures of the state of the arena, and they they uh, they took the the guy to the highest row of seats and said, okay, this is the worst seat in the house. It is a fantastic view, unobstructed, right close to on top of the ice as, as you can get in a. It definitely, and we talked about this before. Definitely not Staples Center with fifteen layers of luxury boxes before you get before you get to the three hundred section. Um, it is just just look, and I I got a friend who's actually in there right now, uh, IBW brother who is doing all of the lighting, the overhead lighting up on the catwalks. And he's been been shooting me some pics. Um, it is a good-looking hockey arena. Go up, on our, go up on our Twitter page. Check it out. It really looks good. Um, they did update the seating count for hockey yesterday, and one of the Pinta representatives said... The hockey seating will be sixteen thousand seven hundred, which is about five to seven hundred less than any other number I've yeah. heard. I was kind of oh, sure, yeah. I was kind of surprised that they would that they would sixteen seven that. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, the only, the only... a lot closer to Barclays Center <laughs> as we talked about before with Chris. The, the only uh, problem I surprised... the only problem I see with the Vegas franchise, uh, Tom, is. Uh... You know, what is Mark going to do when uh, Vegas is in the Pacific with the King? So, uh, yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's going to be a mess. You know, it would be easy for you being a Sabres guy. You can have, you know, you can vote for the Vegas team. Uh, yeah. Because they're in the Western Conference. Sabres will play them, you know, twice a year. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, actually, you'll be able to see your Sabres once a year so, yeah. uh, in Vegas. But for, for Mark, it's going to be a real quandary. Wow, man, he's, yeah, he's, well, he thinks I, about I was, it every day. Uh, I was asked on a TV bit I did here for Fox 5 Morning Show that exact question, <laughs> and uh, I really didn't appreciate being put on the spot. Um, but uh, I was doing a segment on the 1991 outdoor game at Caesars Palace, Kings Rangers, and uh, point blank they asked me, if Vegas gets a team, who will you root for? And my response is always going to be the same. I will root for the Vegas team against every team in the league 
except the Kings. I'm a Kings fan. I I won't make no bones about it. I won't apologize for it. I'm a Kings fan since 1970, blah, blah, blah. And I always will be. Um, but I am going to be a season ticket holder at the Las Vegas Arena for the La- – for whoa. Tom's phone must have died. I'm here. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, that's where I'm at with that, Chris. I'm going to be a diehard Las Vegas hockey fan, um, but I am a Kings fan. And no, that's, well. that's, that's fair enough. Um, it, it's uh, it's interesting because more so than other sports, there's a lot of hockey fans that have second and third favorite teams. It's just kind of the nature of being a hockey fan. Um, if you're a, a Dodgers fan, you don't also root for the Giants. You don't also root for the for the Angels, but uh, you know a lot of a lot of Kings fans last year went with the Tampa Bay Lightning as our pseudo team all the way through the playoffs to start because we have a little rivalry with Detroit. We have a, a big rivalry with Chicago, and uh, getting out of conference and going with one of the upstart young teams gave us you know someone to root for, and uh, you know it's kind of unique to, to to hockey fans. If you're a Steelers fan, you're not rooting for the Browns. <laughs> so to speak. But anyway, uh, we have lost Tom. Yeah, I'm rooting, I'm rooting, very, uh, I'm rooting very hard for both cities uh, to get through the expansion process and be awarded the team and be ready, I guess, for the 17-18 season, right? Do I have that right? Uh, it would be not next year, it would be the following year. So who knows, before you know, we'd be talking about the expansion draft process in terms of how all that will work. Can't wait for that episode. <laughs> so, uh, we were talking earlier, just for every, just for everybody, the next board of governors meeting I'm looking at is December fourth through fifth. And I don't know if it's been said that that will be an uh, a date of announcement or not. I know that originally there was going to be some something done in, in September, but they're they're kind of backing backtracking away from that right now. But um, the next Board of Governors meeting officially is December 4th through 5th. So that's I look for an official announcement that Las Vegas will be getting a franchise at that time. Yeah, I would be. Between now and that meeting. I would be shocked, uh, Mark, that if we they didn't make an announcement. Because, I mean, to be fair, uh, if these teams or uh, these cities are going to be landing teams, I mean, it might sound silly for us. Because that's about, you know, at that point, it's a little under two years away from opening night. But there's a lot that you have to have in place in terms of an organization. For sure. Um, you know, you're actually starting two organizations. I was I was speaking with with Mr. Foley um, earlier in the summer, and it's not just starting up a team and getting players in the draft and rock and roll. You got to start up a minor league franchise. That's right. You've got to secure facilities for the minor league team. You have to secure players for the minor. Uh, league. Oh, what about you a, have a to secure a city? Uh, general managers, scouting staff. I mean. You know, I don't think people, I mean, people, uh, I'm sure people 100%. realize this, but, you know, the scouting staff. The average fan isn't thinking, right. you're starting two different, completely different franchises. Yeah, so scouting, scout, you know, also, too, if they're coming in the 2017-18 season, does that mean, one would think, would they be part of the 2017 draft? That's an, I guess that's another question, yeah. right? So, uh, but be that it's yeah. May, they, they, yeah. they're going to have to, you know, uh, they have scouts all over the world, these teams, in terms of, you know, both, you know, in Canada, in the States, looking at college hockey in the States, junior hockey in Canada, in Europe, in Russia, all these different countries. So, you know, you have to build up an organization 
you know, it can't be just the flip of a switch, even though it seems like, you know, hey, we're talking about two seasons from now, a lot of work to be done. So I would be, I would think that that would be the deadline date of here's your answer, because let's face it, uh, you know, there's a lot of reason that the league wants to add two more, uh, two more teams. Uh, and let's not uh, brush aside that, you know, the expansion fees for each city is going to be half a billion dollars. I mean, talking about a billion dollars going into the owner's coffers. So uh, I would be very surprised uh, if both cities uh, didn't get the A vote. I agree. I think they're looking. I think that's where we're headed. Uh, well, let's wrap this up, Chris. We've got uh, an hour and 50 minutes of audio here. I think uh, we've covered the division to the best of our abilities. We will be uh, doing our – I'm not sure where we want to go. We're either going to go to the Western Conference next week, but we are going to – we have a locked-in time we're going to be doing this, so they'll be coming out a little more regularly. I know there's been people hitting us up on Twitter and at the VegasHockeyPodcast.com email address to hurry up and come out with another show, which is always surprising to me. But uh, be that as it may, we are going to – we'll start – I think we're going to go in the Western Conference next week and knock one of those out before we do get back to the Metropolitan. So All right. That's how with I, that – Yeah, maybe we could do – maybe we'll do that, the Chris? Pacific. Old Pacific to last. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, the the other the we'll we'll work it out. Um, we'll do that off the air. Anyway, Chris, always a pleasure. pleasure. Welcome as a permit. Welcome to being a a permanent part of our show, sir. Uh, you definitely make our yeah. My 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 pleasure. You definitely make our 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 podcast a little bit more interesting than. Uh, without you so everybody follow chris at the nl king on twitter uh make sure you look him up at getrealhockey.com as well as the hockeywriters.com uh one of their lead lead bloggers there for the islanders if that's if that's a team you're looking to follow and get and get real hockey is all in each so uh if you, uh, you like what you're hearing uh i'll, I'll give it all to you Absolutely, 100%. Well, Chris, we're going to get out of here. Okay. And we'll talk to you next week. We're gone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.